Indeed, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first and the last, the most kind and the most generous, the all-knowing, the all-seeing and the all-hearing. Salawat and salam be upon his final prophet and messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his pure family, noble companions, and all believers until the very last day. Today is the second day of Dhil Hijjah. Yet another magnificent, great opportunity for believing men and women to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another great season of worship. But this time, the season of Hajj. In fact, there is no other time in the year when we can combine all five pillars of Islam in one single day or so, except in these first ten days of Dhil Hijjah, primarily on the ninth of Dhil Hijjah, which will be next Friday, Yawm Arafah, the day when pilgrims will gather on the plain mount of Arafat. Praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking his forgiveness. And as our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informed us, there is really no other day in the year on which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants more maghfirah, forgiveness than on that day. And in the hadith I read earlier in the khutbah, it is very important to underline. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very forgiving towards the pilgrims. His special guests, delegates, who go to perform Hajj in this time of the year. And our scholars concluded, indeed, there is no other better deed that a Muslim can provide and offer than to make Hajj. And it is made at this time and no other time of the year. Allah will forgive those people who go there seeking Allah's pleasure with pure heart. And the reward for it, as I said, is no other but entire, complete forgiveness. Just like they will come back home just as on the day when their mothers gave birth to them, all the pilgrims. But the Prophet said, Allah forgives the pilgrim and anyone else that the pilgrim prayed for sought forgiveness on their behalf. And right now, Again, hopefully up to two million people from all over the world are rushing and heading towards the holy city of Mecca. And some of them choose to go to Medina first. And it's by Allah's wisdom, really. Roughly half of the pilgrims spend their first week of pilgrimage in Medina. And they ease the burden on the city of Mecca and its facility, limited facilities. And then they all have to head towards the Mecca. But when the Hajj actual Hajj season finishes then the other half who didn't go to Medina yet then they go and shift going to Medina and those who spend time in Medina then stay for another week or so in Mecca Allah does wonders to his believers so they are all heading answering the ancient call of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam when Allah Almighty ordered him to proclaim to pronounce the obligation of Hajj وَأَذِّنْ فِي النَّاسِ بِالْحَجِّ يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا 
وعلى كل ضامر يأتينا من كل فج عميق. Allah ordered Prophet Ibrahim to climb a hill, hillock, hilltop, and to proclaim from top of his voice on the right and left and every direction to the mankind to answer the obligation of Hajj. And different tafsir mention every single soul that Allah created and that will be born into this worldly life and will live that was decreed to fulfill that particular ritual answered the call by saying labbayk allahumma labbayk labbayk la sharika lak labbayk inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk la sharika this sound of talbiyah, which is known to all of you, is supposed to stay in the pilgrim's heart and every believer's heart until they breathe their last. <coughs> the notion of Tawheed needs to be the oxygen that we are breathing in and out. We have to know that there is no God but Allah and that He and no other is in charge of everything and that it was He and no other that created us and everything else and showed us the way. Then why should we look for anything or anyone else other than the guide, the ultimate guide? The provider, the ultimate provider. The forgiver, the ultimate forgiver. The judge, the ultimate judge. The merciful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, no other. And this is why some wise people have said, it is really curious, astonishing as well. Maybe an element of surprise that there are some people, even though they are intelligent, Allah gave them the power of intellect, they never turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until they exhaust every other mean and they see that they are helpless and feeble, but there is no one but Allah to help them. Only then they turn to Allah. And Allah does this. He puts us in different situations because He wants good for us. He wants us to turn to Him. He wants to hear our voice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Creator, our Lord, and our Cherisher, and our Sustainer. Dhul Jalali wal Ikram, the Lord of majesty and generosity. And He arguably is the most majestic and generous in this time of the year. When we see so many great symbols of our religion through one simple, one ritual, one pillar of Islam, which we call Al-Hajj, that includes so many elements that are beyond belief and reasoning for us. I give you just two examples. The simple clothing, the ihram, that the pilgrim males put on themselves during the Hajj. And it's the most vivid on the day of Arafah when 
all of them have to assemble on the plain mount of Arafat. Remind us of our beginning. But at the same time, they remind us of our end. Where did we come from? Where are we heading to? Where are you going to? The answer is clear in the Quran. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We belong to Allah and to Him is our return. And this is why it amazes me the greatest of all paradoxes which the scholars say. Ya Allah, inni tubtu ilayka minka bika ilayka. Ya Allah, it's unbelievable. Wallah, I turn to you in repentance with you, from you, towards you. Think about it. We are all going and heading back to Allah. Whether we see it and recognize it or feel it, we are. And that's a fact. So the pilgrimage to Hajj, the journey of Hajj, resembles our life journey. Since the beginning, since our birth, until we depart and leave this world. And that's why the Prophet has said the reward for a pilgrim is no other but complete atonement of sins just as on the day when his mother gave birth to him. So he made sure he mentions the notion of big, our beginning. Birth. And then what else is vivid there? Allah accomplished our deen, our religion on Yawm Arafat. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us with that huge gathering which is so plain and lots of white garments. The only probably thing that we are eligible to, to gain legal possession of and take with us into the next journey is ihram or kafan. And ihram is the closest to the white cloth in which we are going to be shrouded. But they say it must remind us of our ultimate destination, the greatest assembly of them all, which is the day of judgment. When each and every soul is going to stand before Allah, the only Lord. Remember, I did not say a few weeks ago there's other queen or king apart from Allah in reality. Allah is Malikul Mulk, the giver of kingdoms and rulers. And Allah is Al Malik and nobody else. We are all going to stand before Him and He is going to judge us for our deeds and actions. Here is a wonderful opportunity for you and I to earn as much good as we can and to perform as many good deeds as we can. To the point that the Prophet ﷺ said, there are no other days apart from these 10 days of Zil-Hijjah in which the good deed is more beloved, more excellent and purer, purer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the deeds we do in these 10 days. To the point that the Sahaba questioned him, not even going out to jihad. He said, not even going out to jihad. And there is no legitimate jihad nowadays. So we can't do that. But he did say, except the person who goes out in jihad, if we want to extend the meaning of jihad, because he didn't say qatr, fighting or battlefield or killing, 
he said just striving in Allah's cause which could be jihad nafs indeed the person who goes out with his own self and all of his belongings and doesn't return with any of that means he put his own self under full control as if it evaporated annihilated and that's exactly what we want to do we don't want to have ego ego is it's in our way between us and Allah Allah's grace and Allah's pleasure why do I want to have any kind of ego I don't want to and all the wealth that Allah gave me he actually entrusted it to me so the moment I am fully conscious and certain I'm going to meet Allah and all that I have is either a test or trial from God to me to see whether I'm going to do more good and get closer to him of course I wouldn't have a problem in giving away of the possessions and wealth that Allah bestowed upon me in order to please Allah and that is why the scholars say Muslims give in charity for no other motive but to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when they do that there's a complete transformation that takes place from within complete self-purification of their ego of their lowest self and their wealth and every single family member benefits from this kind of effort and sacrifice and here we have another great one in the same terminology Al-Qurban لماذا سمي القربان قربانا why did Allah call the Qurban Qurban Qurbanan in the Quran Allah says we all know the story of Ibn Adam the two sons of Sayyidina Adam why did he call it Qurban because because it's through that Qurban Qurban comes from Qurb getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gaining more proximity getting nearer to Allah it is with the Qurban of this year that we are going to slaughter inshallah bi-idhnillahi ta'ala on the first or second or third day of Eid that we will gain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will show to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we don't find it difficult to separate from some material possession and good that we have and that our ultimate goal is the pleasure of Allah Ridwanullahi wa mardati we want to please Allah in everything we do we will also fast the ninth day of Araf, the ninth day of the Hijjah which is Yawmu Arafah because we believe Allah will forgive us the sins of the past year and the coming year as the Prophet said the pilgrims will not fast and we will slaughter and we will offer sacrificial animal and in, and in that way we will help those who cannot afford to have some kind of meat and proper meal on the day of Eid insha'Allah ta'ala and it all is like a magic circle Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it all under one sharia system that works in perfect balance and harmony only if we could see that I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that in this special and blessed season of worship we gain a deeper better understanding of the divine laws of our beautiful religion but of course I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we embrace very strongly and 
firmly on this path of self-purification, this is a good basis to repent to Allah with sincerity and to offer as much of acts of worship like fasting as we can in those days when our good deeds are so, so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we pray to him to forgive us our mistakes and our shortcomings. فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ